and welcome back to Top of the Card, the four-person wrestling podcast that is definitely not timely, but we are opinionated, and you'll learn more of that as we go here with the timing of things as we explain all that. This is Top of the Card Pod on Twitter, X, whatever, Top of the Card Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to it somewhere, you can get it there again next time, Google, iTunes, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Also, through those, you can get to, not through those, but through these, Frontline Prediction League, Frontline League on Twitter and X. Frontline underscore prediction underscore league on Instagram and Frontline Prediction League over on YouTube. Those both go into our shared Discord. So you can go through all that stuff to see what's going on, including things like Dynamite Night. Tonight, it is September 6th, and that's the point of what I'm talking about. We'll get into that in a second, though. Let's go with introductions. I am your co-host, Scott. Joining me, as always, is Red. How are you, Red? I'm doing just fine. I'm hyped up on some uh, caffeine tonight. I didn't get a nap in, so but I am wired, so let's go. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, GMC, you're also here. How about you? Good. Long, long two weeks of uh, wrestling, that's for sure. A little tired, but ready to talk, I guess. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot has happened. We'll get to there in a second. But Bear Me, you're also here. How you doing? I'm doing all right, Scott. I'm a little sore, but other than that, I'm all right. And the weather has been great. It's cooled down to the high 70s, upper 80s, so we're doing good there. So how about yourself? I'm good. Uh, it, it's been the 32 Celsius the last couple days, but today was like 10 and rainy. And it's that up and down really wrecks havoc. So sometimes can get like feeling drowsy and just tired because, uh, so yeah, that's a thing. But otherwise good. I got to ask though, why are you sore? What happened? What, what were you doing? I slept on my shoulder and my neck wrong. So, oh, um, but that's not yeah, the fun. It's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, don't sleep wrong, jeez. I know, you know, it, it just happens. You know? just... Well, what we've got, we so here, here's the deal. We had our last episode go up this past weekend, just Saturday, Sunday. And it was recorded the day that Terry Funk had passed. And the next day, Bray Wyatt passed. And we even had a brief conversation about, do we want to record something else for that or, or, or whatnot? And we even... Almost didn't record that one when we did and waited a week, but that was in between All In and All Out and all the crazies. We're like, no, we can't do that because of our FPL stuff, the league I mentioned. So we did it then. And then in the time since then, there's been an incident at All In leading to a firing before All Out. And also there was payback and there's a a new longest reigning Intercontinental Champion in like two days. So there's a lot that's happened. Um, The somber part, I guess we start with Bray Wyatt, uh, 36 years old. The uh, odds are everybody listening to this has heard the story, has heard what it what it was here about going for a nap, basically, uh, and having a heart attack and dying. And he was cleared like two weeks prior to come back after having a medical scare, which was life threatening, which was all this. He, uh, from one thing that I saw, was given a machine to basically act as a defibrillator in a case of a cardiac event. He got it that morning, and it was still in the box in the car. You know, the what-ifs become a thing with that. But doesn't matter. He was 36 goddamn years old, and I'm 45, and that mortality is just... It doesn't doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. That's way too young for him to be engaged for a year with, like, a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old. Like, that's the most painful part of it. And it really is just like Brody uh, when Luke Harper, Brody Lee, passed turns out he's one of the best guys there is and jay briscoe same thing like these guys are state of the earth people 
and beloved by everybody it, it, it seems and like you get everything from Josh Alexander talking about when he was an extra being welcomed by Bray who was the champion saying like don't feel nervous you're welcome here welcome and he would hug everybody and everybody's gonna miss his laugh and it's just uh it's it's heartbreaking the more you hear because you didn't even know that stuff because you just did this insane character stuff which was already Hall of Fame worthy I'm gonna say that yeah they're probably gonna Hall of Fame him next year and like here we go but I I, I think it's worth it considering what he's done just even that like what was what were the titles WWE champion two time Universal I think that's it but yeah so um the best way I can sum up Bray Wyatt so we can move to you guys as far as I'm concerned is his characters were always always awesome even if you didn't understand them you knew something was different like it was starkly different than anything else going and it was fun to see and interact with anybody from LA Knight in the, the last bit there to The Miz and Braun Strowman and through that stuff and I mean, goddammit, Bray Wyatt basically reinvented what a cinematic match was with the Swamp Fight and the Firefly Funhouse. And that's part of how we got through COVID. Right? Like, he defined what these were and everybody else was playing catch-up. I know, yes, there was the alt, the final deletion and with Matt Hardy prior to that, but Bray was in one of those, right? Like, so it's... He absolutely nailed it with things that will literally be remembered for ages and it's heartbreaking to think about what could have happened or what could have been but uh red i'm gonna go to you first just because i know with the character stuff you were following along with the the return that was coming up like the the qr codes and you were so into that uh, you can go back and listen to our podcast from the fall that I, I, I normally swear on this, but that shit was great. Like, it, it had people hooked. I know you were hooked, but we all were. But you were hooked with it like nothing else. Like, not not to pigeonhole it, but I figure it's a good way to start. Yeah, the, the whole return after he had been fired the year before and then finally re-signed and just the lead-up for it, I, every single part of it, was it felt new. Like, the QR code was fun, but then it made it seem like you had to tune in to find the QR code, they did it randomly. It wasn't like the first five minutes of the show, so you could turn it off. So it was fun. You they made you come watch the show. You got to follow along. The one complaint, and I kind of agreed with it, and I it, they finally uh, like went with it was it kind of dragged on a little bit. And I, I know was I said say, that in the past. You did. You you. I think you said it. It was one week longer than you would have liked. Like you were. I remember that, and I was thinking of that when you said it. It was like, man, it went on just a tiny bit too long. It's like, ah, it means it was kind of perfect then too, right? Like it's... And then... Yeah. And then it all led up to, what was it, uh, Extreme Rules? Yeah, yeah. I think this was a show. And it was just a great, like, I won't say debut because it wasn't a debut, but like, it was a great return. You had all the characters come to life. Like, it was, it was spooky. It was fun. You got to see Bray. Like, it was all great. He came back and... He had, what, two matches? I know LA Knight was one. He had LA Knight at the Rumble. That was the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. And I think he had a dark match. He had a couple dark matches, but they're, they're saying really only one televised was LA Knight. And was it? And it I, mean, I mean, I can't say his career was cut short. His whole life was cut short, but mm -hmm. it just, it sucked. He got COVID and he just got really sick from it. And, like, 
this dude was going to be around like another five to ten years minimum and just been one of the top stars in my opinion oh um, add 20 years onto that and he's a manager d- doing stuff like a paul bearer type leading these characters and things like we could have seen decades of this creativity right so yeah and i honestly i think a lot of it was his creativity like mm-hmm. he was in the backgrounds of putting all this stuff together like the ideology of different QR codes and the puzzles. Like if I'm not mistaken, they literally hired a comic book writer to go with him to continue his character. Like, I forgot about that. Yeah. Because it was somebody who was an expert in serialized storytelling, long so, form storytelling. That's right. Like, yeah. They, they were all behind this guy. Like it. And, and then well, that's just now, like beforehand, the break family, the, the teasing of the fiend and the creation of the fiend before he was fired. Like, he had, I want to say, at least what four different characters, and five, I guess, if you count his Husky Harris. Yeah, was when he was back in NXT. Husky like, Harris, Swamp Leader guy, which was great too in its own accord. Uh, Fiend and Firefly, Mister Rogers type, and then yeah, just the the new returned Bray. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he he was a great wrestler. He was a great character. In my opinion, even though it was five different characters, every single one brought it. It wasn't like it. And I, I'm not shitting on Baron Corbin. What it wasn't like where you just have to keep changing characters. Cause it's not working. All yeah. his characters work. He just evolved and kept going with it instead of being stale with it. He, he never lets characters really get stale. And when they did, that's when he changed it. But, uh, I, I'm it's, it really is going to suck. Like I hope, they took what they learned, like WWE took what they learned from this whole situation of different ways to reach out with social media, different ways of storytelling. Take what he basically taught them and use it going forward. Don't just like, yeah, it worked one time. We'll, we'll never use it again. No, it worked and it worked really well. You can see like the numbers climb. I'm not saying specifically because of that, because it was also around the Roman era. But it didn't hurt it either. It, it really helped it grow social media-wise, well, at least. And you saw the storytelling evolve with things like Dexter Loomis in the background and things happening like in the back that wasn't the focus. And then there was also the QR code. There was also this stuff. So it was like you had to watch the whole show start to finish because they're doing things that's, that play later or even next week. Like It wasn't like you had to watch. Like They're forcing you to watch to know what's going on. You want to watch all of it to know what's going on, and that's and it, that was perfect. Now, be honest, it feels like they've gotten out of that <clears throat> in the last few months. It's been a while, hasn't it? I, I almost yeah. felt like they were like, like they didn't want to do it without Bray, and like they were always waiting for him to come back. That's uh, imagine him and Cody with stuff like that going on. The the references we could have gotten between that. Oh, but yeah, that's it's a rough one. It's it's rough. What's your what is your favorite Bray Wyatt moment or thing? Like that return was great. I still think Cody's oh, I, is better that year. The return, like, for, but that that Extreme the, Rules return is the best Bray Wyatt moment. That's the best moment. If yeah. I had to say best match or it's, not even quote match is the John Cena Bray Wyatt the Funhouse. Fun like, yeah, I, I won't call it a match, even though it kind of was a match. Yeah, but it was. it was more of a fun <laughs> skit, like all put together, and then like a little bit of fighting at the end. But mm-hmm. that I would say is the best match for me. What about you, GMSG, with uh, with Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, Husky Harris? Yeah. Um, I wanted to add uh, to what you said earlier. Uh, he actually has four kids. That's what's really 
Oh, it's two, two with JoJo, marriage. right? That's right, that's right. Yeah. Yes. The oldest, I think, is like maybe nine or ten. So, like, mm. he has four young kids that are, lost their father. Yeah. He, he was part of the group that was the FCW NXT group that completely changed the roster in the background, the mm-hmm. locker room, everyone working together. And making this new era of wrestling where it's not like, oh, rookie comes in, time to haze. In WWE, it's like, uh, no, not anymore. That, that's old shit. You've got to be respectful and help each other. It's a family thing now. Same team. Um, yeah. Uh, my favorite match moment kind of thing was uh, obviously the point with Roman because the fact that there was like four warring groups and these two had to unite to face one. Yeah. So the moment, the best moment with him, I think, was the promo against John Cena, where it was the Wyatt family, and they had all the kids' choir in the cell or oh, cage. That was creepy, yeah. That was the best moment with him. But, like, his influence across... You, you even had people like the Righteous, and the, who were possibly going to join them, depending on how things were going to go this year. Mm-hmm. They were influenced by him. And it, it's very obvious how much, because... Him, Brody Lee, like the Dark Order is also connected to all of that. Oh, yeah. Because him and Brody, Luke Harper were together, and now there's only Rowan and Braun left of that group. And, and it's just. Don't forget House of Black came out with the Lantern uh, at All yep. Out as well. They they were inspired by it, too. Yeah, they're all connected. Um, Were you at. Forgive me, I'm trying to remember the timing here, but was it Fastlane that was the three on three? Shield versus Wyatt's? No, that was uh, Shield versus Lashley, Corbin, and Drew. Okay, um, <clears throat> but I'm also thinking lane, of the the one where like they were they had the standoff, which was amazing too. No, that was CT was at the standoff. That's right. That's I was right. there for the Wyatts and the Outcasts, I believe. <laughs> I think that was the team in like twenty. It was twenty sixteen Fastlane. I think that mm-hmm. one. I w- I saw him live there, but I was he was there at a Raw also with Roman around the Shield breakup time. So I saw him live a few times. Or no, it wasn't the Outcast. It was uh, Kane, Big Show, and Ryback. That's right. There's a lot of hosses. Bray was not in the match. He was a manager for that one, I think. Now over to you too, Beer Me. I th- want to say we referenced the Survivor Series 2019 so many times. I think that was the one or 2017. I forget the one that you were at that had NXT also in it. And Bray Wyatt was champion there, right, against Daniel Bryan? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Actually, he, seeing the he uh, wasn't the, the fiend, the right? Or, or was he the fiend? For no, that he one? was the fiend. Yeah, he, he was the fiend. It was, it was cool seeing his entrance live. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool because that's not something you really see, or you see live. The, we won't get into how bad the lighting is for his matches because why the hell they did the lighting like that? I'll never know. But I just want to say that Bray Wyatt, every character that he had, he did make work. Like, if you were right, like, he just, he had a way of just, he was very, he really is one of the most creative minds, or was one of the most creative minds in wrestling. Even though, with his last run, you didn't really know where it was going, you were intrigued and wanted to find out. And for his life to be cut too short, it really is sad, especially, you know, with a fiance and four kids. It is, it is terribly sad. I will say my, uh, my, well, I will also say that, uh, what you call it, uh, 
trying to find the words here. Bray Wyatt was probably the biggest reason that I got back into wrestling at the time because mm-hmm. I wasn't into wrestling at the time. And I just happened to turn on Raw on a random Monday. And it was like, coming soon. And it was showing like, they were doing these weird vignettes with the Wyatts. Like, yeah. they, they hadn't shown up yet. And I was like, all right, I'll tune in to see where this goes. Because I think this Bray Wyatt guy looks cool. Because he had a huge beard, long hair, and he was out in the middle of a swamp. And you're like, all right, I don't know what this is, but I have to check this out. I believe his first feud back was with Kane, wasn't it? Yep. I don't remember it. Yeah, because he beat him in an Inferno match. Yep. But, um, yeah, it was, yeah, he was one of the biggest reasons that I got back into wrestling and I started following him was because of him. But I'll say my favorite match with that, or my, one of my, two of my favorite moments. One was definitely the Shield standoff because that whole arena and crowd was just eating it up and rightfully so because they were the two hottest factions at the time. Well, that was one of the first times Bray was a face and the fans were like, oh, this is awesome. If I remember yeah, that, right. exactly. Yeah. He was hurt shortly after that, so we didn't really get to do it, and he came back as a bad guy. So yeah, yeah. And another one, I don't know why, but at which which event was it where he first came back to face Finn, ba- Finn Balor? SummerSlam, because like, we didn't know what. The, That's the okay. one I was going to say. That's my know, favorite one. The way, yeah. he, how he came yeah, back when the music of, evolved. That was my favorite. Yep. Yeah. And we didn't know what his entrance was. I was sitting in my buddy's living room, and I'm like, I I, I, I turned to my buddy, and I'm like. You think he's just going to appear in the ring like he's been doing? Like, what kind of entrance do you think he'll have? And he looked at me, he's like, yeah, he'll probably just appear in the ring or something. Like, you know, just something like that. And I was like, all right. And then all of a sudden, like, the music played, and he came out with the, the lantern, had the head, the Bray mm-hmm. Wyatt head on it. And you were like, oh, my God, this is sick. Like, we were just, I was just speechless through the whole, like, entrance. I was like, this is fucking badass. But, yeah, that that would be one of my, that's that's probably my second favorite moment. Just, just that entrance alone, mm-hmm. him coming back. And just all the stuff with the uh, the Fonhaps, you know, where he made it work with Rollins. Remember when Rollins went into the Funhouse and he slapped Bray and he's like, you did this. And, like, Bray started crying. He's like, why are you doing this to be Seth? Like, I didn't do anything to you. Mm-hmm. And it, it, he just he just made everything work, man. He was just... I, you got me remembering a bit uh, the Muscle Man dance. How it's this yes. goofy normalness about being upbeat and moving your feet and doing all this and open your mind. And then it goes back to normal. It was like, well, what? <laughs> like, I just, the filmmaker editor in me loved that. It was like, open your mind. And it's like, he's stone faced and there's fiend in the background. Then it goes back to it. Oh, stuff like that. I always love that. So, yeah. But yeah, um, it's a bummer, obviously. Like, that's, that's another statement. Uh, he will be missed. It's not the last we'll see of that. I, like I said, there's going to be Hall of Fame stuff. There's going to be DVDs. There's going to be documentaries galore. Like it's, it just sucks that they're final, and that we don't have decades more. Like I said, so yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's move on after 20 minutes to uh, something that somehow dominated beyond that. And yes, All In from AEW was the biggest event in wrestling history and. 80,000 or 81,025 biggest paid attendance ever, which is accurate. Uh, they figure when you put in everybody like WD normal accounts, it's like 90,000, but they wouldn't be able to beat that record. So they said a legitimate, undisputable record of 81,025. So that's paid. Uh, it was fun. 
Uh, my favorite match is probably the first one, which is ironic with where we're going with it. Joe versus Punk. I don't want to dive too deep into things. Yes, MJF versus Adam Cole. Somehow, uh, I'll just say this right now. Both all in and all out. AW crowds are hot the whole night. I'm amazed by it because I think the pacing is horrible with five tag matches back to back and then two singles, which are weird, and then three no holds bards. Like, and I'm being hyperbole, hyperbole there, but I'm also kind of not. Uh, but they love it, so it works. It's fine. It, it's good. Um, the show itself was fine. Uh, I, I didn't dislike it or All Out, just to get that out there. But, obviously the big news is CM Punk. So, how do you guys want to talk about this? You want to talk about All In first itself, the event, and give it its fair chance, and then go into Punk? How, how do you want to tackle that? Sounds good. Just do that. All right. Talk to show. Talk to show. That's fair. Because it's, you know, yeah. it's already in the past and has been superseded by other stuff and it led to what they did. Um, honestly, the match, the, the show was fun. Like I said, I enjoyed enough of it. It felt long, but it felt big. It felt the right way. It was filmed a little off and there's a little growing pains here and there. Stadium Stampede had its fun moments and had its silly moments like the ladder breaking on Penta. And that was chaos. Like it. I don't know. Nothing was outright bad. It's embarrassing they had a single women's match, which was a four-way for the title. Not only because they keep doing four-ways for the title, but because that's they're referencing the first all-in. I understand that, but you can do more. You, you could literally do more, guys. Like It's not, not that hard. Um, yeah, like the tag match was, was good. Uh, FTR retained, which did surprise me. It surprised most of us, I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much else to say offhand. Jericho put his probably his best performance in a while, but I still just kind of, eh. like, a lot of people online, and I'll reference the cultaholic guys and people who are following them because that's what my social media feeds me. That's how that works. They loved it. A lot of people loved that show. I know guys in our Discord love that show. Uh, to each their own. I'm not gonna say you're wrong for liking it. I'll never do that. Just it was. I thought it was fine. If the overall majority says it was great, cool. And then they're going to come back next year and do it again. It's going to be an annual thing. Okay, sure. All right, fine. Um, yeah, to go in reverse order, bear me. What were your thoughts on it? I'm kind of with you. I thought the show was fine. I I don't think it's going to be... Okay, I was, I was about to say it's not going to be memorable, but it, it'll be memorable for probably the wrong thing. I think that they could have done a few things different, like... They didn't further the story with Adam, JF, and Hamacole. I don't know why they didn't do that. But I did enjoy the Punk versus Joe match. I'm kind of with you. It kind of was the best match on the card. FTR Bucks was really good. I'm giving you credit, Young Bucks. You had a good match. It was probably with one of the best tag teams in the world. But a really solid match. I enjoyed Hook and Jungle Boy for what it was. I thought that was good. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big Hook fan, you know. I like Jungle Boy too. Even oh. though I call him Jungle Child sometimes. What was it? House of Black and the Acclaimed. Oh yeah, that was good. That, was fun. that I, I like that because I'm glad that uh, Badass and them got the got the trios titles. It Which, was a story, man. It was a story. Those belts are some of the most creative with the scissor ends on the belts. The, I, okay. Yeah. Those are great. But yeah, and then don't forget Soraya. No neck, as you were calling her. Yeah, the lady with no neck won the title in her home country. Just seen that coming more obviously, but I mean, I did pick, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a feel-good moment. Tony likes to do every title change. Not every title change, but if there is a chance to do one in front of a home crowd. Yeah. Especially on this scale, I don't blame him for doing it. But he does normally like to do those things. No, overall, I, I thought it was fine. I really I liked uh, the Sting and Darby match. Even oh, though, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just enjoy Sting matches. I take them for what they are. I'm not going to get to see him much more, so probably. I don't think Sting's going to be around for a few more years. Yeah, I mean, Who knows? realistically, yeah, no. Yeah, so I had a chance to get to see the Stinger. I, I enjoy it. So, yeah, overall, I didn't. It was a little. It was oddly paced, but again, I'm. They're they're getting better at their pay per views, and this one wasn't too bad, in my opinion. How about you, GMC? Ironically, they have been getting better because the show was a lot better than the, some of the previous pay per views of theirs. Um, I I did. I everyone knows I'm not the biggest fan of Punk. I haven't been for 12 years. Good at in, in a lot of matches, I, in great at promos. I just don't like how he acts a lot of times on TV and off. Oh, we'll like, get into that's that. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, in general, like yeah. the way his promos, I, it feels kind of sending like when he was with Eddie and MJF. It was weird. But uh, the thing is with this pay per view was there were so many like, big time, somewhat big time matches. Some felt a little crowded and randomly put in like the Bullet Club Gold and the Elite. That was weird. It would, it felt too much with all the other card, mm-hmm. not all the card. Well, we said that going in that a lot of the matches just felt like let's get everybody on here. Yeah, and I think the thing is with building to this pay per view because they had three months notice. They knew they were going to do this as a pay per view. They knew all I was after it. It's going in a giant stadium like Mania. They said it's equal to Mania. They outsold Mania, which again I'm going to give them credit. They sold that arena yep. or stadium. The thing is, while they had big matches, they had the big crowd feel and all that. Most of the matches had nowhere close to a Mania or massive revolutionary pay per view storylines. Like it wasn't Kyle's or it wasn't uh, Osprey versus Jericho, Legend versus Up and Comer Great. It was. Don Callis has hired this young kid to face his old friend, basically. And it was that that didn't work, even though it was a great match. I couldn't care for it. Mm-hmm. The women's match was kind of shoot or in. We I made the joke as soon as she beat Tony. Soraya's going to beat her for that title. I had last minute changed my pick in our league for Soraya because of that. Because, like, oh, it's hometown. They're going to do this. Yep. It That match also got ruined. Half, I'm going to say Halfway through it, or two minutes into the eight-minute match, there was zero reason to just go, this is all about Tony and Soraya. Oh, right. No one else matters in the match. That just took me out of it completely. It was a good pay-per-view. It was very overcrowded at some points, and the fact that all that was a week later made things really interesting with storylines. MGF and Cole were good. Great match. Little weird, Roddy kept running back and forth and changing his mind, but <laughs> that happens, I guess. I'm I'm wondering to see how things will change with their upcoming pay per views because there's more coming. Mm. It seems. Yeah, we got Wrestle Dream announced for October first, which is less than a month away. So we will see. We will see. Uh, but what about you, Red? For All In, I enjoyed it. It was not what it should have been it was a good show but it felt like 
you want to be the biggest show. It didn't feel like the biggest show they could have put on. Yeah. And then we said that before going into it, like there was matches that they could have done that are better. And a lot of the matches for me personally started really good. And then something happened that took me out of them. Like stadium stampede. I got ruined with the Penta issue. The, uh, the, the main event MJF versus Adam Cole was really good until they did a double pin count. And ever like for the rest of the five minutes of the match, it felt very slow and dead of a match. Like it wasn't a match anymore, but overall it was also one of the better AEW shows in my opinion. Like the, the production value, not counting the fireworks during the day, but oh, the yeah, entrances, yeah. like that tunnel was awesome. Like I enjoyed seeing oh, with the screens. The yeah. Yeah. The, like the, the screens all throughout the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I would say I, I kind of agree. CM Punk, Samojo, they didn't have one of the better matches of the night. But personally, I really enjoyed the opening tag match, the, the uh, ROH tag titles. I really enjoyed that match from start to finish. That um, kickoff one was Aussie Open. That was really good, too. Yeah, yep. you're right. Yeah. But uh, like I said, the, the, the matches, the, the one thing out of this whole show that I will remember, other than, you know, the reason we're about the next talk about, uh-huh. is... <laughs> A handful of skewers sticking out of John Moxley's head that got hammered into him, because first off, I thought it was spaghetti noodles. Like it just looked like a bundle of raw noodles. Oh and yeah! And all of a sudden, you see a bunch of skewers sticking his head, and not just hit his head and then fall out. No, they're like dangling. And I'm yep. like, oh god! Oh no! Penta made sure they were stuck in there. They, they yep. were in him, so mm-hmm. there was no fake in that part. But that will stay in my head way longer than a lot of the stuff in this show. Yeah, it's. I think you nailed it there. We were going in, like Bearmy and I said actually on the trenches. I think also, but we generally go into these AEW shows not as hype as we feel we should be, but knowing it'll be good anyway. And we're just like, we're let's get that missing piece. Like we want to like these, and we generally do after the fact. It's just something isn't clicking for us on the way in. I don't know. And yeah, you're right. Like most of these matches, and Jim she said it too, but most of them didn't have that mania feel. Or caliber, even like like Osprey and Jericho, that's a mania match, absolutely. But it was a weird build to it. How it just kind of brought a guy in to fight him. Like it was, it, I don't know. There was there's something there. But all in all, they knocked it out of the park. Really, uh, can't complain there. They have other things that they can complain about. And well, let's dive into that because. Jack Perry versus Hook for the FTW title, as Beermy mentioned, was fun. And Jack Perry came out in a limousine. And they brawled there because it was FTW rules. And at one point, Jack Perry looks to the camera and knocks on the window and says, It's real glass. Cry me a river. And then ends up getting backdropped onto it. And it breaks. And when he goes back, <clears throat> the show starts and CM Punk's entrance is happening. And our Twitter, or not our Twitter, but our uh, Discord posted a Twitter feed of there was an incident between Jack Perry and CM Punk. And I remember CT being like, that's not real. Well, that was the beginning of everything because the the amount of allegedly's and like if we recorded this two days ago or three days ago or four days ago or five days ago, it would have been different every single time. Quite literally because there was so much stuff coming out. And it's, I mean, it's obviously going to go to a legal situation now, but what we've ended up with is Tony Khan and AEW have released CM Punk. He's gone from the company. As of the afternoon of Collision on Saturday, the day before All Out. This was with a Dynamite on in Chicago, and then Collision in Chicago, and then 
all out in Chicago, which should tell you everything there. Um, the general feeling of what happened is that glass comment goes back to a collision, I think, a month ago, where Jack Perry, if you remember the rules we talked about a little while back, wanted to use real glass, and he was getting turned down. Everyone said no, because you could just use fake glass. You're not using real glass. And allegedly, they eventually went to Punk to say, look, this guy's not listening. You tell him. So whatever power implied that CM Punk had, or at least he, maybe he's one of the boys and he'll listen to him. Okay. And he said, you're not using it. Do that on Wednesdays, was the comment. And that led to the comment at All In, which led to the backstage scuffle, which, just to, to put it out there, has been described as everything from Jack Perry walking up to Punk saying, do we have a problem, to Punk pie-facing Perry saying, do we have a problem? By all accounts, Jack Perry still said the line and Punk was backstage ready for his match next. Uh, there was a scuffle of some kind. Monitors got knocked over. Tony Khan has said since that he feared for his life because he was there, and I'll get back to him in a second. Um, Punk, apparently Punk threw the first punch and knocked him down. Or he was shoved and got him in a chokehold. Or, like, it's, there's so many variations of it, which is kind of ridiculous, but the bottom line seems to be that Punk was violent. And that isn't disputed. Whether it was the first punch or the second punch, he still acted. And from what I understand with the idea of the, the chokehold uh, was to stop the fight. Which, if you watch any bouncer beating up people in security camera footage, they basically watch the first punch go wide and then grab them and get them down. You can look at Matt Sarah taking down drunk people in New Jersey or BJ Penn doing it too. Like it's that's how you do it. You do the fight doesn't get from a knockout punch. No, it's you grapple them and you shut them down. And I do not know Jack Perry's mixed martial arts grappling etc credentials. I don't believe he has any, but I'm not going to say he doesn't. I truly don't know. Even though CM Punk lost twice in the UFC, he still has the training. So Besides that, my whole thing with this is like Tony Khan saying he feared for his life and there was an investigation launched and, 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 and. Just to get my part out first here, um, if I, I picture it, because I know what you can be like when editing or even just right now, I'm staring at a computer with a headset on. If someone came up behind me, I might not notice it. And if they knocked over something, I might not notice it until, hey, what's going on? Why is that being knocked over? Because you're focused on it, like running the show that's about to start in front of 80,000 people in pay-per-view internationally. Right? Like, he might not know what's going on. So, fair enough there. Um, the whole thing... Uh, uh, th this is a silly comment, I know, and it's so much more simpler or basic than this, but it really feels like you poked the bear and got mad when it attacked. And then blamed the bear. It's like... Everybody there knows he's volatile. Doesn't excuse his actions. Everybody there knows exactly what happened last year. At All Out. Doesn't excuse his actions. If he still choked out Perry or if he threw hands, doesn't excuse it. It explains it, and many people would agree, but you still can't go around doing that. And for Jack Perry to say what he said, if he didn't say that, cry me a river thing like you trying are you trying to get heel heat you're trying to go over 
you got one guy saying he's the real world champion about to go into a marquee match by all accounts with Ricky Starks at All Out a week later, who's the headliner of one of the shows, Collision. And you got a guy who's failed in multiple world title shots who got a secondary, tertiary title who was on the pre-show. Like, I'm sorry, Jack Perry, you might be one of the pillars, but you're not a million-dollar merchandise mover star. And yeah, the needle mover comments, whatever, all that stuff. CM Punk still is that. Was that. Jack Perry was not. You are not the same level. You do not do this to the star. At the same time, fair treatment should be there for everybody. Fair enough, whatever. You don't do this in the workplace. There's no reason to say that line. You're not in a program with him. If anything, it would have led to a match on Dynamite that ended, and there it goes. So, there's that. That led to an internal investigation. Both were suspended, apparently. That led to the investigation. Again, I am rehashing a lot of this. Forgive me if I'm missing stuff. Oh, I am missing stuff. CM Punk apparently was supposed to have a meeting with the Elite and Tony Khan in Atlanta beforehand. They got cancelled which is why he spent time with his family before flying from Atlanta to England. He then had no car waiting for him, and the number he was given by the travel people for AEW was not valid. Now, to be fair, apparently nobody was getting travel with cars waiting for them from AEW. He didn't know that, which again is a failing. Um, and there's the discussion that the person who's the AEW travel people was a Young Bucks guy. And you can say whatever you want about that. You can apply things. I do not know the truth of that, so I'll leave it at that. Either way, that's messed up. But they wanted to squash. They want to have a meeting, and they squashed. They canceled it. The elite canceled it. This goes all the way through to him getting told by his legal people that he's suspended, and then he's terminated with cause, which is a very interesting thing. I, I don't know the full semantics of that in American legal system, but I believe it is to protect yourself legally. There, there's a thing there. Like it's basically we had a reason it was not without cause. So the semantics there. And he's gone. And Survivor Series in Chicago, and who knows what happens there, or Rumble, or whatever, if he even wants to. And yes, to get that already out of the way. There was talk about him not being liking Regal because he's a Triple H stooge, but he already squashed everything with Triple H and Miz back at a Raw while he was out. And so never say never at this in this. And hell, it'd be an Endeavor call because they're about to own the majority within like two weeks. So, yeah. Um, Punk should not have done what he did. It makes sense that he did what he did. They knew he would do what he did. So much so that the Young Bucks did a victory lap after Collision, which they had to fly into early, even though the announcement was done that afternoon. They didn't want him there. It's bloody obvious. They're happy he's gone. Jack Perry is going to be a hero. This will be a thing to go down in, in their second or third book, whatever. It's, 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 it's a thing. They poked the bear, and the bear reacted, and they got what they wanted. He's gone. Um... Punk should not have done what he did, obviously. But I can't blame him. But I also can't really blame Perry. I get it. Let's elevate. Let's make a thing. Let's do it. But it's going into business for yourself. It's the hangman thing. I'm rambling at this point, clearly. But th this, the fact that CM Punk, in, in years where WWE is sold and Vince McMahon retires, that CM Punk backstage incidents on Labor Day weekend is the biggest thing going on is still absolute insanity. <laughs> really, two years running. It's crazy, and 
I mean, there's no there's no good guy in this. Like they're both at fault. Perry, Punk, AEW. Like if if Tony Khan had just said, "Hey Phil, stop talking about that while he's eating his muffins a year ago," we wouldn't be in this, right? Like it's that simple. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's go back in the first order. Red. What do you think on this? I don't even know what to ask at this point. There's so much happened. Like I said, in, in one week, all this insanity happened. So I'll add a little bit more on. Um, there sure. is one here out of all of this, and that's Samoa Joe. Oh, right. I didn't even talk about that. Yeah, yeah. He uh, so, And this may had not so much done a lot to do with the firing, but could have definitely added some, is he almost took all in like on hiatus to the point where they were looking for other people to open the show because he said he wasn't having a match. That's right. Punk was ready and, to just walk. That's right. And Samojo had to talk him out and like get him ready and to go have a match. And they had the match. They said the show started about five minutes later than it should have, but yeah. it could have been a lot worse. Like that's you right. have a set schedule of what you want to do and all of a sudden someone just backs out literally seconds before they go out. That's right, because he apparently Punk lunged Tony Khan. The specifics and semantics of that we will not know until they release the footage from Wembley, which, according to Cultaholic guys, I think, who are in the UK said that he can ask for it and get it because that's how legal it works in the UK. Um, but Miro also had a thing where they almost got into a fight, but it was apparently joking that was confirmed, like, days later by three others. I... It's it's absolute insanity because like the Bucks, they asked the AF uh, Bucks, can you go on? No, we're not ready. Uh, Kenny, how about your match? Can you go on? No, we're not ready. Hmm. It would be easy for me to say that's convenient, isn't it? But Punk eventually went out there with Joe because they're friends, and Joe wanted to have his Wembley match. I mean, it's there, there's so much stuff in there that seems obvious, and yet it probably is coincidental. I'm not going to imply the actuality of the Bucks wanting to fuck him over. They did that in other ways. But, yeah. So Punk is gone. Red, back to you on that. Um, I, Again, it's a year too late. I, I think I, unfortunately we don't get to sit there on, as a fly on the wall and watch everything as it happens. It's all reports. It's all this uh, nonsense that comes out afterwards. So to see like what happened at All Out last year you knew he was kind of a problem. Now, he was suspended, but he's also gone for a long time because of his injury. Like Everyone's like, oh, he was suspended for that long. No, yeah. he was he was legit injured from that match that night before, of the actual incident. But uh, when he came back, it seemed like it was going well. Like I, I mean, there were still issues between him and Elite, but it, it wasn't nothing really coming to except for the last, what, two months? When all of a sudden people like Chris Daniels was being told to leave. Yep. And like it felt like he wanted a drama free locker room, a drama free locker room, it, it which caused drama. Like, <laughs> yeah, it felt like he took it upon himself to be in charge, mm -hmm. but no one else understood, like, and gave him that power. Like, he had zero power as far as we know. He didn't have any uh, executive producer power. He didn't have any talent relations powers. Like. He just took it upon himself to control the situation and take charge, which I'm not saying can't be done by wrestlers. I mean, we've seen people like Roman take control. Oh, like it, it, I mean, the he... right person can't take control. Punk, you're not one of them. You already have a bad rep. Like, just go there, do your your job, 
have a good match, go home. Like you, you don't have to be in charge if you're not the one in charge. Don't step up to a place you're not warranted. See, and I think but, uh, I, I think part of that though is that Tony did put him in that position, or at least want him there, or at least didn't stop him from doing it. And again, we're back to that. Yes, yes, I, I agree with you on that point. He may have not given him the power, but he also didn't stop him. Yeah, with the power. As far like, as I think, like I mean, the, well, I was gonna say the collision show itself. Like, okay, yes, it was not directly made just to split them, but that was awfully convenient. But again, it, it was literally a case of Warner wanted more shows. They wanted shows with Punk, and it's an easy way to, to split them up instead of you know sitting them down and talking in a meeting, right? Like this, like this is how it's gonna be, or or you're gone. Like it, it that had to happen. So the the show happened and. They made a second show, which by all accounts was more enjoyable because it was a little more focused, a little more streamlined. Okay. <laughs> like, it's... Uh, I don't know. Like, it is it is what it was. He was... Yeah, he was ruffling some feathers, but it seemed like it was ruffling feathers of people who probably should have had their feathers ruffled. Doesn't mean he should be ruffling them, but I know the analogy is getting weird at that point, but... See, I... I, I feel like... Just because he's at the center of all these problems, I know Jimmy C's going to say this too. Like he has this history, he has like this this target on his back. It's always him. I guarantee you, the AEW problems we're hearing about are not going to stop just because he's gone. And that's what I think is the key here. There's more problems going to happen. This is this is going to bring a lot more to light than that. Is he a catalyst? Absolutely, he is. But you can easily work with him. Just don't piss him off. And hey, that should go for anybody. <laughs> Seems obvious though, right, Red? <laughs> it does. I, I, the last thing I'll say is I hope everybody involved learned a lesson. Oh yeah. And here's what they are: punk, chill, back off. You can do your thing. You know how to do your thing. You're pretty good at doing your thing. Just leave the backstage politics out of it, and you'll be a good wrestler. Tony Khan. I think greed got in his eyes, and that's why Punk got as far as he did. Because he was seeing the numbers go up every time Punk was... His merchandise sales were up. Like, yeah. his ticket sales were up. So he didn't want to punish him because why would you punish your biggest moneymaker? But if it was anybody that was really low on the card, mm -hmm. they would have been gone long time ago. Right? Like, I, I'm not picking any names because I can't think of any on AEW. Well, compared to Punk, they're all smaller. Fair enough, When yes. you really get to it, they are. So, yeah. Um, And then the other thing is, on the flip side is all those other wrestlers need to also realize that just because you are a major star doesn't mean you're safe like firing uh -huh. punk is a statement like nobody's above being let go and like you said it's a year i think late, it took punk yeah. a lot longer to be let go but you're still nobody's like immune to being let go i think i take that back i think there's four people that are immune to being let go i think you're right yeah probably yeah <laughs> but uh but besides those four i think Anybody in that roster could be like, you know what, you're you're not above, like you're not above AEW, and I know that's a big thing in WWE. They said no one's bigger than WWE. Well, no one's bigger than AEW, or at least it, that's the way they should promote, it, in my opinion. Yeah. If they don't, and they think people are bigger than AEW, well, it's not going to last that long, in my opinion. Well, it's it's funny too with the way Punk was. Like he's definitely there for a business, and he's trying to make everything better. Whether he's right about it or should be doing that are two different things. Because if he's doing it of his own accord, Tony Khan should be like, hey, what are you doing? I'm trying to make everything better. Yeah, cool. That's not your place, though. 
like the, and that's that's as easy as it is. Or it can be like, okay, it is your place, guys. Listen to him. That's why he's here. That's part of why Christians there. It's part of why Mark Henry's there. It's part of why Big Show is there. That's part of the point. And you've had a guy who literally showed he can come back after seven years and be a massive draw in bigger arenas with big ratings and million dollar gates and huge merch sales. Now, yes, a lot of that did fall off relatively quickly. Like it's not, it wasn't just pure smooth sailing from there. Maybe the honeymoon period came quick, but he still knew what he was doing. Like he, he's, he's someone worth listening to. And like I said, don't poke the bear and then get mad the bear attacked you. It's that simple. Jim uh, though I know you're you're not a fan of punk, so this this should be interesting. How about you? Well, the problem is I don't like punk as a person, but he's a great wrestler and he has great morals. The problem with AEW isn't wasn't that punk was the like number one problem with all these things. The main problem has been there for the last fucking three years, and he's the one that made the company. He is literally the dry wood in say California and Vegas and all those dry areas, and the roster just being who they are for the most part is that dry wind that constantly goes through. Punk was just one of those little flames that went off, but it kept going. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, he was a part of it. And here's the thing. We've constantly heard backstage problems. They get worse every time punk was there. Cause red said, Oh, these drama things didn't happen. So it's a month ago. Collision and punk. Both came back at that, or started and there at the same time. So, it it is really just sad that I've said this so many times that Tony, if he just stood up like a fucking boss like you're supposed to, even though he runs two other companies, didn't stop that press conference. But you know, anytime someone asks him a question, he does not want to answer. Oh, there will be no talk about this. But he couldn't stop Punk from instantly ranting on that show. Yeah. He needed to step in when people went off script. People go off script all the fucking time in wrestling. Even like small little one-liners and nothing comes of it. Oh, and the thing with that too is if it, oh, I didn't, it didn't want to upset him or whatever reason that might have been there from Tony Khan to not do it. Like he was nodding and apologizing for what Punk was complaining about last year. It's like, that mean you're agreeing that the Bucks are bad at EVPs and Kenny? Like what, what? Um is if he stood up and said, no, stop being like that. Honestly, Punk would probably give him a verbal beatdown, but also respect it. He's like, hey, you're the boss. All right, you want to run it that way, that's up to you, I'm out. Like, that's... Just do it. Like, and I know, I hate confrontation. I probably suppose Tony Khan, and he's scared for his life. But... You're literally the guy doing it. You're the guy writing the checks. You've got to be the one to step up for that. So, yeah. It's, and the thing is most of the stuff keeps coming from backstage talk. Which you and know isn't punk. <laughs> well, it, well, no, that no, that's the thing. There's all the reports of what Punk's side from last year and this year is supposedly from Punk's camp. Yeah. And supposedly the collision thing that was about Perry and Glass came from Punk's camp. Yeah. So you have both sides of best friends of people who won't shut the fuck up to media. Yeah. Punk and doesn't they keep do it. Stirring shit. All these guys do do it. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Because, like there was the up. whole the whole um, Cocabana thing that was based off rumors from other people. Like it's just constantly people talking from the locker rooms. There's they have Mark Henry, Big Show, Billy. They have all these legends that are. I'm sorry, they're still twice as strong as most of that roster. You could literally have Moxley, Jericho, who can, Jericho we know can fight, 
Claudio, who's one of the strongest people ever, they could just walk in the locker room and go, okay, if you keep doing things outside this, there's going to start being actual fights backstage by us, mm-hmm. deemed by the boss, if you don't stop. Because they're constantly causing problems. Moxley, even in interviews, said he's never been in a more drama, drama-filled locker room ever. And he hated the Vince shit. Yeah, that tells you all you need right there. Like they I, have all these locker room leaders, they have these EVPs, and then they have people that are not either of those that are also helping run shows. Yeah, they're just in pure chaos of trying to get things organized. And the whole traveling and this and that. Roster members didn't know they were going to all in. They also didn't have ways to get to all in. Literally. Yeah, that should have been. And sorted. they weren't getting this. If all they knew was there's no car, you got to deal with it. You can expense it later. Okay, that's you communicate that. That's all you have to do. Like that's, there's no communication there. Yeah, anywhere in any levels, whether it's security, talent, just writing, producing, no one talks in that company. There's no organization of anything. What's What's funny too is I know. I really do know how it sounds like how I'm saying stuff like it. it's not punctured, it's not punctured. I also think it's not the Bucks themselves doing this stuff either. Like, let me let me clarify that. I, I do, though, I've seen myself in the same situation where it's like, God, everybody here is fucking stupid. I felt like that. I felt like punk in that situation. And, of course, the majority look at you and be like, well, you're the problem. No, you're all the problem. Like, it's, I, I understand where that is. Like, he's not a good fit for that locker room. Doesn't mean he's right or wrong. He does not a good fit for that locker room. And there's a few others that wouldn't be like that. Um, but I think that's my perspective on it. Like, I, I feel that he was right in a lot of stuff. Like, no, he does have the right idea for things. He is able to come back after seven years and sell at United Center without them even saying he was going to be there officially. Like, it's th- this guy knows what he's doing, but he also f- f- flips out of the tip of a hat. And it's like, whoa, 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 okay, that, that's not cool. You can't, you can't do that. And they poked the bear. They, they knew what they could do, and Jack Perry, none of this happens without Jack Perry doing that moment. I say that for this past weekend. None of this happens without Tony Khan not doing anything a year ago. So. Yeah, and like the only person I can blame is Tony Khan for all this because here's Truly. the problem also with each two sets of fights and all the other previous fights. It's just he said, she said from people that are connected to them. There's never been documented like what happened. They won't release anything. Yeah. It's hush-hush. But hey, Tony, you can hush-hush your people talking about an incident. You can't hush. You're, hush, you're not hushing the problem, which leads to those incidents. Twice now you've had... now. Now three combined pay-per-views, huge pay-per-views, completely destroyed by narratives. Well, that's what the whole thing said too, right? Like they, they figured this one, the the discipline committee, whatever that is, as yeah. well as like a unanimous thing from whatever the board is, which I don't know what that is specifically, advised Tony Khan they need to release Punk. And then he said he ultimately made the final decision and agreed with that. Which and is funny released he got it based off recommendations. Yeah, so he could have like said they, no. They advised it, and he instantly. I made the decision. Well, and think of the wording here. I was fearful for my life, and I still. This was a hard decision. What? I'm sorry. If I was fearful for my life, I'd happily have the person gone, regardless how many millions of dollars they made me. This person nearly made me think I was going to die. No, you get the hell out of here. Like uh, again, 
I don't know the situation. I don't know his perspective on things. I don't know how he deals with things. He might have seen that lunging and felt, oh my god, he's going to choke me out because he's an actual fighter. Like I, Right? Like, what, what defines fearful for your life? I don't know. So... <laughs> All I know is that I mean, we, we know that CM Punk knocked out one of the Jacksons with a chair, I think it was, and apparently, by all accounts, either knocked down Jack Perry with one punch or choked him out. He's 2-0 and in this, and he could have been 3-0 and with Perry, or with, with Tony. And, like, saying he's soft? No, he flies off at the handle. Like, he flies off the handle real fast. He beats people up. Like, he's won these fights. But let's be clear. And even in the, the Bucks uh, elite side of all these things, they're getting beat up. They're losing <laughs> to Punk. Now, I maintain the Bucks had every right to go with lawyers and not do this stuff because that's how you do things in a proper, legitimate, mature environment. But <laughs> there's still that level of what are you doing? What aren't you doing? This is ridiculous. Yeah, the only physical evidence I've ever seen of all these inter- interactions and altercations is King Omega got bit. Oh, the bite mark on his like, arm during the, the like, stuff in Japan. The yeah. Only thing. yeah. Unless he's into that and that was from something else. I don't know. But It matches up the claim he got bit by Ace Steel. So there you go. Yeah. All I know is it sucks that this company can't even get one month now without trauma in the last year and a half, it seems. Yeah. So how about you, Bear Me? Punk is gone. One of your favorites. Admittedly, let's put that out there right first. Yeah, yeah, he was one of my favorite parts of uh, AEW. Like he, what's up? I mean, he ran. He was on the best show. He was the top merch seller. Uh, biggest draw of the company, literally. You can say what you want. Biggest draw. So we'll see how they respond with it. And you know, at least uh, at least there's no nothing childish going on, like people taking laps around rings or no, that happened. You know. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, you know, you just... I, I'm sure when Jack Perry comes back, he'll cut a promo about probably drinking a Pepsi or some bullshit. So, yeah, I kind of agree with what kind of everybody said a little bit, you know. I, I don't think Punk should have flew off the handle a little bit of Jack Perry by getting physical. I mean, I don't really think that's a thing. He could have gone more about the route like Brock Lesnar did with Matt Riddle. Hey, keep my name out of your mouth. It's never going to happen. You know, because apparently Jack Perry was going to want wanted to get some heel heat from sources. So I think one of the biggest things that I have a problem with in this whole thing was is that apparently Jack Perry was told a few people that he was going to do this spot. I could probably think about three people he probably told, and they would probably been like, "Yeah, you should probably do that." I'm not going to say who they were. You could probably figure that out. But if if he's going around telling people that he's going to do this spot, they should have had enough sense as well to be like, hey man, maybe you shouldn't do that? Like, and as for Punk and Creative on Collision, yeah, we don't know if he did have create if he wasn't creative, if he had power on Collision, but I will say that Ace Steel did, and if Ace Steel did, I'm pretty sure that Punk has a big saying on what uh, goes on his show. So, there's that, and yeah, Punk shouldn't have done what he did. Tony Khan had every right to fire him. Tony Khan should also be a boss and not let shit like this happen. You know, it you would never see you would never see stuff like this physical type of stuff happen in the WWE. Like you just don't see that. Vince would have put an end to that shit or he would have made a fucking rivalry out of it. I mean look what he did with like Edge and Matt Hardy. It's just 
it's just different stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'll be interested to see where he goes. I mean, CM Punk did do the whole Roman Reigns thing where he was, uh, he did the, he did the acknowledged Roman Reigns with, the, with one finger and, uh, the title belt walking on the ball in. So we'll see where he goes next. I think Punk can be good in a company that has the right structure. And I think that WWE could be that company and it would be cool to see him back. But yeah, I, I kind of just agree with Scott. You just can't poke the bear. You, you know, especially knowing that this guy, will fly off of handle. And I think the saddest part was is that Punk wanted to make amends with the Elite for the longest time, and it just so happens the day before the show, they they all cancel. So, I, I don't know. That's pretty much just my feelings on it. It's wild, too, because when the Elite came back, they kept doing all these shots at Punk on TV, and then supposedly Punk wasn't signed, and then they re-signed him. Like, it's just insane that they just have no control in the company to stop yeah. people like i get it if they're going to face each other like you said with the matt hardy and edge thing and we've also seen the other versions like what was it uh sincara and like simon gotch got in a fight and like both got fired like w's like go fuck off I'm like no yeah yeah it's been a long time since like one of those happened. Yeah. well yeah they're but... in complete control they don't let those... If, if something happens, they're penalized, probably, and we just don't know about it. Exactly. And also, you know, if, if Punk is wrong about something, he will say, hey, man, I'm sorry. You know, like he said, like, the stuff in Hangman Country, when he was like, yeah, he said all that stuff about Hangman, and then he texts him, like, the next day, he's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Or, like, he texts somebody... Or he, somehow, yeah. an apology no, it, got from it, it was Hangman, Hangman to... Yeah. Because Hangman wasn't the there. Because he was... Yeah. Yeah, and then he, he called him out, and it was like, that wasn't cool. Like, <laughs> at least he no, does I try mean, to make amends to it. He does. Not that it makes it okay. Yeah. Believe me, I've been someone who's flown off the handle so many times, and you guys can all vouch for it in CT as well, that I come back apologizing later. An hour or two later, it's like, man, it's been eating me up. I, I feel horrible. I'm, I'm bad about it. Doesn't mean it's okay that I did what I did. I get that. But <laughs> that's why I can relate somewhat. So. And I know... I know a lot of people are saying he might not go to WWE, but because hey, oh, yeah. everybody's like, oh, who will work with him? Nobody will work with him. I'm like, dude, if he'll make you money, you'll work with him. Seth Rollins really told Matt Riddle he would not work with him. And then Matt Riddle had to apologize to him, and then they eventually had a few. I Seth Rollins ended his career with one line. But. I saw the Ultimate Warrior go back after trying to hold him up for money. And Jeff Jarrett went back after holding them up for money. Like the, the yeah. They'll, they'll, if it makes them money, I, they'll go back. Also, if Endeavor says we'll make them money, they'll go back. It's not going to be a Vince call anymore. He's going to own like ten percent. Like those days are over in yeah. a couple weeks. And um, I mean, hey, the, the wise man's Paul Heyman, who was at one time Andrew CM Punk, and I'm pretty sure they're kind of probably still close, or at least they are on good terms. So you never know. You never know. I'm just saying, I would be. It would be cool to see him go back because. It's one of those things where everybody and their mom was like, this will never happen. Ever. And now I kind of got to see it because it might happen. Cody really Rhodes could. is in the ring and that music starts. And CM oh Punk says, so That's what do you want to talk about? <laughs> yes, yeah, Scott. Now you, got, now you got my ears right, right here. Like, oh, yeah, Survivor Series is in Chicago. I would imagine yeah. there's no no compete clause with this termination. No, I'm not it's, saying if it's a firing. I really, I really doubt there would be. I don't expect him to be there. But there's going to be a yeah. bonus question on the FPL Survivor Series page. I got to think. <laughs> like, well, 
I was going to say, if there happens to be one, I'm curious how long it is. Have we heard of anybody else having an non-compete? No, no. Th- from AEW? Oh, this is completely different. Th- this isn't just like... Are, but my question is, like, would it be 45 days? Would no. Would it be 90 days? Or no. is there zero we've ever heard? We've never heard because he... an argument. Regal was different because Regal's was an agreement that you can go back now, but you can't be on TV for a year. That was, that was a bit different. The non-competes, though, have been a WWE thing. AEW we haven't seen because they haven't ever released anybody that we know of. Their contracts just end. They let them stretch. So, I don't know. But this is a different story entirely. Like, this isn't a, a, gen- a normal right. release from contract, is what I mean. So, I don't, even if there is one, I don't think it would apply. I truly don't I do know want the to American legal system, though. So. I do want to say one more thing. If stuff like this keeps happening, like let's say Jack Perry comes back and has another incident, does he get fired? Or does Tony Khan just suspend Should him be. again? Well, like that, how does that's the thing too? How does like, this roll now with CM Punk on? Like, does everybody just get a free pass one time? Everybody I'm, gets one, and then and then you're you're gone. I'm like, sure there are plenty of veterans that are out there that are hearing these stories about what has been going on, and they know more than we do. Let's just put that out there blatantly, because they're actually there and they talk to each other. Just because they're different companies doesn't mean they don't talk. They're they're friends. They 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 do know each other. I guarantee you there's plenty of guys who are like, yeah, I agree with Punk. He's a prick, but I agree with him. And others are like, no, fuck him. He's horrible. Like, you get a bit of both, right? Like, it is going to happen that way. But there's got to be plenty of them who are like, yeah, it's it's a clown show. Like, it's WCW all over again, just with more money. <laughs> like, it's... There's my levels opinion, to it. My opinion to Birmingham's question, it, it honestly has to depend on the situation that... Uh, Jack Perry causes because the the thing yeah. I see about it is Punk if he were just in the scuffle I think I'm not saying it would have been fine but the scuffle with it the fact that it got into Tony's face the fact that he may have held all in hostage like the fact that he had been doing like the power trip over on Collision I think it wasn't just the the fight that was the tipping point I think there was a lot oh. more involved overall well. Again, and it just I, added up. I think that calling it a power trip is weird because, by like I said, by accounts I've heard, that was by design. So like he was supposed to be running the Saturday show, but with the with the fight in that, it really seemed the tipping point was quite literally. And I realize saying it now, but no pun intended. But the monitors and Tony Khan fearing for his life. It wasn't the other stuff. It was literally that case of. CM Punk put people in danger in that moment of that scuffle or that incident with Jack Perry. And that was going too far because it put and innocent then, oh. people at stake. Not delaying the show, but literally putting people who were just there to work in danger. That, that was the, that's the wording. That's legally the wording they've used in the stuff. Oh, yeah, but it could also just be a similar case of between a week of two pay-per-views, the biggest pay-per-view ever for them yeah. and possibly ever. Oh. Just like how Enzo... Enzo didn't tell them about the small legal issue. True. He instantly got fired on a raw because and it was their third like anniversary. Well, what was what was the other thing? Um, the video itself it looked like a goddamn hostage video. It was weird. Like Tony Khan, he's a bad promo on top of that, but just the awkwardness there. But the uh, the legal reasoning read at least that they're saying is that it was Tony Khan went that extra level because people were put in danger, which is crazy. Because what does that mean? Was he, like, swinging around monitors like a crazy man? Or did just something happen, something got knocked over, and their leg got pinned? Like, wh- what even is that? But, yeah, it, it, and, it's, it's bonkers. 
The other thing is, he did scream, and this is reported, oh, right. that he quits. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, they could have been doing him a favor. Like, I think they you want to quit? Fine. Bye. I like, truly, yeah, it's best for him. He should not be there. It's clown show. <laughs> honestly, though, somebody somebody asked him, asked Tony Khan, the presser, about CM Punk going to WWE, and you could see him break. Like, his face... Like he was the that was some of the most distraught thing I've ever seen well, in my life. The the way Tony Khan even said it is he did not want to do this. He still could have said no, but others were in danger, so he had to. I feel Tony Khan somehow got pressured into it by literally unanimous people saying this guy can't be here anymore. Now, again, that doesn't mean that this guy is of his own accord bad. He doesn't fit. And I can relate that to uh teams I've worked on before at a prior job where it's like, look, you might have all the qualifications. I'm going to see you with the team to see if you fit. And then after that day, like, okay, what do you think? And we're like, yeah, I could probably fit in. Like, that's that's what happens. You have to get along with everybody. He does not get along with everybody. That's the key. And more so than anybody else. So, yeah. Fun times. Fun times. That was all in. <laughs> um... Yeah, anything else people want to say on that with the insanity? Because, like I said, this just happened this past weekend. It is Wednesday now. Dynamite's on tonight. They've, they've like, everything from confiscating signs to somehow not a CM Punk chant dominating any of the shows, which is wild. Like, 10,000 people at All Out who, by all accounts, thought they were going to see CM Punk up until 24 hours prior. So I figure those tickets were bought expecting Punk because the card wasn't really announced that from Hobbs and Miro, but... So yeah, that's that's craziness with Punk. Uh, clearly, things aren't over there. Like there's there's gonna be more. He was, by all accounts, promising something explosive coming up soon. And like I said, we could see him in November, whatever. Like never say never in wrestling. We've learned that often enough. So we'll see what happens there. But all out, what's even next? Because uh, uh, Payback was next from WWE, and that one was in Pittsburgh. I unfortunately missed it live, uh, so I saw it the next morning, and then I watched. All out later that day. Um, all I'll say is Becky versus Trish is probably on my match of the year list, as is the Steel City Street Fight. There wasn't a bad match outside of probably Rhea versus Raquel, and that's only because it was a good match. It wasn't bad by any stretch. I just felt it was the weakest one, and I think that's Raquel. Just hasn't really found her footing quite like everybody else has, but she clearly will. So that's all good there, and Rhea rules. She's awesome. Everything else is great. Nakamura put on his best match in feels like years. The street fight was amazing. Yes, the Canadian hockey fan in me loved a lot of that. But Becky versus Trish, match of the night, probably match of the entire span here. I, I love everything about that match. It was great. Uh, I'll just bounce over quick over to you, Red. We'll go back the other way. Well, how about you on this one? Honestly, I'm in agreement with the most of it. Uh, Becky Trish, great match. I, the the match that surprised me the most because I really didn't they didn't think they'd have as much interaction is La Knight and Miz. I figured John Cena would have held back, but he got pretty involved. Oh, and it was that was fun. It was yeah. very fun. Yeah. Like uh, the street fight, it it was fun. It was fun, and then hockey, and then it just got even better from that from the on and out. Um, it was on, no DQ, so you kind of expected Judgment Day to take advantage of it. They did. They mm -hmm. won the titles, and I like it, it makes sense. Yep. Like the the image of finally having all four of them with gold has been a long time coming. So oh. it, it's really good. I forgot to mention too uh, that Cody had a bit briefly 
uh, announcing Jey Uso's on, on Raw now. And there will be a SmackDown trade, which is probably going to be Cody, let's be honest. But anyway, that's, that's for future stuff. We're not there yet. Um, over to GMSG then. What about you? Yeah, Street Fight was definitely one of the best matches. Cena was against Miz for the first five minutes and then played fair. Main event was insane. Great promo video, which is funny because everyone in our Discord did not see the promo video earlier in the day because I found that out that they posted like six hours before the pay-per-view. Becky and Trish was amazing. I was scared for Trish's legs when she was dangling. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd say... In my view, Ray in theory was just under Rhea and Raquel. That's true. It was kind of there. It was, yeah. meh, it was all right. Once progressing, one was ending a very somewhat minor story. Like the titles changed hand, but there wasn't like a blood feud of like rivals from NXT and friendship behind the, uh, the scenes. Well, I mean, that tag match was insane. I messaged you like five times about it and said that even though you saw spoilers, you're still going to be shocked by what happened. I, because of our prediction league, I almost was so nauseous. I almost threw up (laughs) because JD was not showing up until that last second where he pulled him and then we lost it. Um, Yeah, no, that match was great. Finn and Sammy both looked great strong at the end because even Finn, he didn't get up and hit his finisher. He just rolled over from the brief case hitting Sammy's head. It took five of them to beat him. And not even in a way like it makes them look weak. It's just like the numbers game was too strong. And I even if they might have had four counted four, they didn't have five. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. I think there is a chance that KO is actually hurt again. Because when he returned, he got hurt during his match. And he looked at like, Cody, don't lift my arm. Yeah. And then he wasn't at Raw this week. So I'm wondering if he actually got hurt. And it's just minor enough to the point where it was like, you know what? You're hurt twice now. Let's not make your body worry. Let's oh. just switch it and make things work. But also keeping, your heart out. keeping Kevin Owens off a of raw and having Jimmy or having Jay and Sammy reunite without Kevin. Yeah. Stretch this out. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Great show. Um, and it was, it's the reverse of the all in thing where it was like overhyped. This one was underhyped and over delivered. It, it, it keeps happening. Sometimes they'll deliver perfectly, but sometimes they have to mad, match the underhype or overhype. Mm-hmm. What about you, Remy? So I thought the matches on this pay-per-view were all really, really, really good. I didn't have a problem with any match on the card. I think you were right with the Rhea and Raquel match being the weakest, which is weird because they've had some bangers in NXT, so I don't know if... Yeah, something was a little off in that match. But the Judgment Day and Kevin Owens' Sami Zayn match was great. I It was a little overbooked, but it's a street... That's what it's supposed to be. And yeah, JD McDonough, yeah, I was yeah, it was the same way with Jim She. We were holding our breath for like that whole match until he showed up. But yeah, you're right. Rollins and Nakamura had a banger. Nakamura had his best match in years. I still don't know why they didn't tease a cash in with Priest, because Rollins could barely stand after that match. Even though now I know why they had Nakamura attack him when they went off the air. Yeah, the Becky Trish match was great. I didn't think it would be as as good as it was. You might be right on match of the year list right there because going into the match, I was like, ah, it probably won't be that great. But, man, it was it was really something. And then Zoe Stark and Trish having the thing at the end where Zoe turned was really good. And now maybe a thing with her and Shayna are going to be – it's going to be pretty cool. I think 
the biggest surprise for me tonight was when Cody was like, yeah, I pushed in all my chips and everything else to bring a guy back, and it was Jey Uso. And the only bad thing is it looks like now somebody's getting traded from Raw, and I think we all know who that's going to be. But, yeah, overall, great show. Great show, hands down. It, it, it really over-delivered, for what you said, a underhyped pay-per-view. No, it was, it was kind of there, right? Like, they hadn't even done a payback in three years, so. But it was fine. Like, I think we've gotten to the point yeah. where we know, like, they're probably going to deliver. They're absolutely not trying to pack the show with too much. They're just going for some quality stuff, and you might not see someone this time. You'll see next time, and that really is the deal they're going for. So, yeah, I thought it was good. And All Out, with its week-long build, is the last one here that we're talking about before we get some last little bits here. And yes, we're at the hour point, but we are going quickly through these. Not because they're not as memorable, but nothing as noteworthy happened. We're just talking a show that was on and it was pretty good. Um, All Out, I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, for the most part, I liked a lot of it. Uh, the main event, Moxie and Cassidy, did deliver what I expected, so I did enjoy that, yes. Uh... Miro and Hobbs. I mean, bear me. I got to go to you first. Did you watch All Out yet? We told you to watch it. Did you watch it? I have not yet. You monster. So the meat match with Hobbs and Miro was amazing. That's all I'll say to that. We'll expand on that later because you've had your chance. Um, Darby with the source was mm -hmm. all sorts of fun. The opening tag was even fun with Dark Order being total goofballs. Um, I think it was strong overall. Now, you didn't see it bear me and we'll get there so did you want to say anything about it first like it wasn't the like you didn't want to watch it you just you were busy right like that's yeah yeah i was i was very very busy i i'm just sad I'm, well, I'm not sad i'm not sad okay i am a little sad i'm a little sad that orange cassidy's reign is over but he had a great reign and now he can move on to bigger and better things it took a three-time world hopefully... champion who's one of the strongest people in the company to do it that's pretty great yeah now, hopefully, he doesn't have to carry that company in his backpack for, like, the next year. So, because he, he really was the workhorse and the MVP of that company for the past, what, year? Can you name anybody else that just kept putting on banger matches and just was doing the stuff he was doing? I, oh, I can't. They put I mean, a, even with they, MJF or They put out a cool list else, of all yeah. the matches he'd had um, defending that title, and it's a pretty great list. So... It's it's pretty fun. Yeah, the fact that he was his body was deteriorating, so he had to come up with like different ways to win. It was just cool. Yep. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed his run. I'm I'm and I I'm waiting for that Orange Cassidy World Title run. I know we'll get it. I don't oh, know yeah. when we'll get it. But, but Tony Khan loves that guy, and the people love that guy. He's gonna get it. I really wanted to check out the Miro and Hobbs match because it is you know the meat match. You needed to see it because it was Miro's first match back. Was this for Smash On yeah, pay-per-view. Right? We had a few in collision. On pay-per-view, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I want to see that versus Hobbs because I knew that would be a killer match, but I didn't get to see it. I want to see Danielson and Starks, too. Well, that was good, was too. Was that strap match? That I was bonkers. That. Yeah. That was, that was nuts. Yeah. Um, all I'll say, but, yeah. bear me, because I'll go to GMSG here next. I'll tag in your partner here. Um, the, the meat match, and they're even selling a shirt now that says meat on it. Um... A commentary at one point said, big meaty men slapping meat, so you know Biggie's happy. But at some point, the crowd started chanting meat, 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 and then slapped that meat. And something happened, holy meat, holy meat. 
And, like, they just... And you can see Miro, like, stop and look at them. He's like, oh, we got we got it. This, this is great. I'd never seen a reaction quite like that where 10,000 people were like, we're doing this now. And it's good. Like, cause you've seen Raws get hijacked, right? It, it wasn't quite like that. It was... Yeah. They were on board. Like, holy meat, like I said, was one. Slap that meat. Beat that meat was even was even in there. It's like, oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, Jim is G, the meat match. Like, so fun. Yeah, I was the one that caught the line by Nigel saying the yeah. big meaty man slapping meat. Uh, yeah, it's funny. This show was less built. Well, no, it was more built than most of All In, actually. So, no, never mind. Because it was built from that show, even. So, All That was smaller and under-hyped, and it over-delivered. Yeah. Like Payback. So, it was back-to-back good pay-per-views over-hyped. Or not under-hyped, but did way better. Takeshi and Omega was actually really solid too, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm one of the people though that has hated that feud for the last four months. Well, that's fair. Bullet Club but, Gold and uh, FTR and the Elite, or in the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, that was... Lots of good, lots of good I, on this. I'm a big fan of the Guns entrance. I just am. <laughs> and we kept having jokes with Cash Wheeler and then pointing fingers with guns. It was so bad. Oh, he went outside the it, ring for one of the guns. It, like... You would think after our last podcast where mm-hmm. we said, maybe not reference it. No, no, they basically referenced every five seconds. But not specifically. Like, yeah. it's. I mean, their last names are gone. What are you going to do? Not yeah. have them in matches, but, you know. <laughs> the funny thing was, the Bucks were pretty much arguing with the fans. But the fans in Chicago loved Hangman. They were great oh, with yeah. Kenny. The Elite, they were, like, wanted to support them, but hated them at the same time. So that was... A great dynamic. Yeah, it was a good show. Lots of the matches were... Okay, we had issues with two matches, but that was the kickoff, and they did not run time well or preset anything. They should have had a women's singles match as a replacement like five days ahead, knowing that there was a chance the wrestler could not wrestle. That was That's on them. The, that, there was miscommunication because that last-minute match was booked. That was rough. But it was a good show. I'm actually blanking on half of it because there was so much I'm going remembering on. there was the TBS title as well. There was, like, random matches on the kickoff, it felt like. Oh, God, the TBS thing with Tony. God, I forgot. I was trying to remember that match, and then I remember the spray can and making her crazy, which is... Outcasts uh, are weird. It's yep. really confusing hey, and uh, everything with them. At least they're doing something. And they are. I've said this before about Becky and Trish on the last podcast specifically, about how the women are now, in WWE at least, having storylines that aren't just about the title. They're just having storylines. It does feel that's what this is a bit, even though, yes, Soraya has the title. It's still Ruby and Tony kind of feuding a bit with Soraya involved, so it's not directly about the title, but it is. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'd still no, like it, to be more than the that, one that, match that, on the pay-per-view, but, you know. But with that, both times that involved, it involved the title match I know. on the card. I know. It's still, it's, so. it's getting there. It's still something. So. Yeah. Oh, and how can I not say Shane Taylor versus Joe was great. Hey. Shane Taylor deserves way more credit. I, I like both guys. I knew the match was going to be great. I was very upset, though, because I know Shane Taylor was not going to fucking win, and I no. want him to win. So bad. 
I want STP back. I want forget Mogul Embassies, Khan, leave their ass. Tony, sign Moses. Just bring that group back, and you'll have a very strong other group for ROH as well to compete against AEW talent. Mm-hmm. But like them versus uh, claimed in that daddy ass, that would have been awesome. But we need them to be together again. The Battle Royal was also fun. I'm remembering yep. as well. Lots of good stuff. But it was a good show. I just wish they'd... I, I've, I've liked all the shows coming out of them. I just want better builds going in. And just because they're good coming out doesn't mean that they're allowed to have bad builds going in. It means I'm not worried about it. I just am like, eh. I'd rather be hyped going in and being like, yeah, coming out of it too. So, you know, I want I want the best of both. Like, it's not like one is at the cost or expense of another. I mean, maybe. We're going to diminish expectations and we're... They're exceeded because the show's actually better than we think because we don't think much of it going in. I don't know. But what about you, Red? What are your thoughts on it? The the show for what it was is pretty good. Um, my issue was the pacing and the booking to end the show. It, it felt like all the like starter matches were really quick, really boom, boom, boom. And if it was a nice pace, nice pace, and then it started getting longer matches, the matches were fun. But then they had the final four matches all go to heels, and it kind of sucked the life out of like the room, for me at least, because I was hoping – I personally wanted Orange Cassidy to win, but when it was just a heel after a heel after a heel after a heel, it, it didn't go on like a – any good moment towards the end of the show and like that was the last hour hour and a half of the show it just felt like all the heels are going over that, that's my only complaint the matches themselves were pretty good i really enjoyed the strap match they beat the fuck out of each other with those straps like that was insane I, i'm not i'm surprised daniel bryant's back but i said it that night when you need a leader to step in yep. they're gonna step in and he's Daniel Bryan a, probably wasn't supposed to be in that match. He's like a month early than he was expected. Yeah. yeah. So, but they said, "Look, we need somebody." And he's like, "All right, yeah, I'll have a strap I'll match for the twenty-five-year-old Ricky Starks." Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. And they and they pointed out. I saw something. They pointed out like he avoided using his arm as much as he can. So there was story element. Now, could it still be hurt? Yes, but at least there was story element to where let's purposely make sure he doesn't do anything with that arm. Yeah. To sell it still, like yes, he's back early. But he could still go. Yeah, I mean, Barry had the joke about him being a one-armed man. Well, <laughs> but he well, he clearly was able to do a little bit there. But it was within reason what he was doing, so it wasn't too crazy. Um, with uh, with uh, anything else really stand out from the show though for you or? I I'm just I'm. <sighs> So it makes sense that the acclaimed was on the kickoff because you're trying to sell the pay-per-views so you're going to have one of your biggest acts. Yes. But I also think they should have been on the show. 100%. But <laughs> looking at the matches, there's like not many matches I could have seen going on there other than Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. And that match was booked before even All In. So yeah. you couldn't have had that on the kickoff show. And it turned so. out it should not have been when you when you really get oh, down yeah, to it. Oh, was yeah. It was one of the biggest matches yeah. of the night. It was great. Like, but, uh, but that's my only complaints, like like the booking towards the end, and then logistics. the claim should have been on the main show. But yeah. other than that, that was a good weekend. It blew all in out of the water, in my opinion. I also like, and this is something GMC noticed uh, prior, where he noticed that a lot of the shows basically turned into ads for Dynamite. 
that was not the case here. There was like a little segment toward the end with the bottom corner had like, oh, th- th- this week coming up and uh, like maybe a minute out of the show was that instead of this constant stuff. So they've gotten away from that. Awesome. And yeah, I felt these were two very good paced AEW shows. They've, they've turned that corner. We've had problems with it before. They're still weird. Don't do three trios matches in a row. Like, or at least two. Like, put singles in between. But then don't do like three singles in a row and then two tags. It just it feels weird. But the crowd there likes it. So, I mean, what, what do I know? Right? So, it just seems like it logistically shouldn't be working, but it is working. So, yeah. But, uh,. Let's let's wrap this up with uh, a last couple things because something actually just broke that we'll finish off with. But Gunter, in two days on September eighth, if I'm correct, will become the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion ever, surpassing the Honky Tonk Man, who's been champion with that record since I think it was eighty six, eighty seven, because then the Ultimate Warrior won it, or that might have been no SummerSlam eighty eight. So it's eighty seven, eighty eight, is when he had it. So. Um, there's been everything from Santino Morella teases with the Honka meter and then the Honka, whatever other meter he had. Like, people have come close, but not remotely close. And Chad Gable was the, the threat this time in his third attempt after going to a countout victory. Gunter won, and they already put the match on TV or on, uh, internet. It's, it's already there. You can watch it. And I watch it. It's really damn good. Uh, but yeah, Gunter is the longest reigning inter- intercontinental champion. And you know, we've talked a bit before about uh with records like i know it was nick con talking about this like seeing things like there could be records being broken and stuff like that so it really felt once people started realizing hey we're we're like four months out he might break honky tonk's record it was pretty much like he is right <laughs> like that was the thought like he's gonna because of the stuff that con had said bianca doing it as well and things like that um but even the way they had that match on monday i had in the back of my head maybe they don't maybe this is the one they don't do it because that's the idea. They, they set it all up to make you think that, and it's not. It's not the story, and Gable does it. He pulls it out with his family in the front row. Or not, because he didn't. But they still did enough to make me go, hmm. And I love it. I, I love Gunter being the guy to do this. He's so no-nonsense, and yet just so fun of a throwback that works. Like, I love, I love a heel that doesn't need to cheat, and that's him, even though he still kind of does. But he really doesn't. Like, he's like Vader back in the 90s. He just screw you he's just gonna do what he does so yeah I, I loved it um i don't think he's gonna lose it anytime soon and i think that was part of the plan because i know we, we talked about it a bit when it when they kind of hasn't gotten the record yet he could get an injury tonight and get stripped like let's be clear <laughs> he's it, he won't but the idea there like if they didn't do it it'd be a waste and i'm quoting costner on that one uh james costner in our discord but I think my opinion of that was, if that was the only reason, sure. But he had banger matches. He went an hour in the Rumble. He, like, it's not just all about breaking the record. It became that in this moment. But I think that's a byproduct. That's just something that also happened during this amazing, legendary run. That also happened to break the record. That's my opinion of it. So, I think it's awesome. So for me, it, the reason why I believe about four months ago, like you said that it was going to be the record. Maybe even earlier. Who the person holding the record is. I think the the honky-tonk part of it comes off as a little old-timey racism, and they kind of wanted to erase that from the record books. Had it been 
I'm just throwing out. Uh, put, put Randy Savage. The man, there Randy we go. Savage. Had it been Randy Savage, I could have easily seen them losing it right before and see how he re- responds to it. But it feels like, yeah, that when I found out it was Honky Tonk was the one they were going after, it kind of felt like, all right, they're going to do this. Plus, my opinion is he's not losing it anytime soon either. No, yeah. He's no. on a tear. Like, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know a lot about him prior to WWE, but didn't he have like 19 UK titles all the time? Like he was a big champion before he even became into WWE. Oh yeah, no Walter. They're finally treating him like it should be. Walter was amazing in like Defiant and WCBW over there, uh, WXW in Germany. He he's Australian. Austrian. Um, he was kind of legendary. He would come over for some progress shows and do the odd American show and then go back. So when he came over to NXT UK, it was like, oh, shit. He, he's in WWE, but he's not stateside. And he came over for, like, a takeover or two. And he's like, I don't want to go to the States. I don't want to go to the States. And then, you know, he trimmed down and moved to the States. And look at him now. <laughs> he's even more of a threat. It's like, holy shit. So, yeah, it's, it's epic. It's amazing. And you might be onto something there with the Honky Tonk thing. Because I didn't think about that with Honky Tonk, man. About the, uh, the, basically the... The implied racism of the 80s wrestling, which is absolutely a thing. I don't know if that's part of it. I don't think it is, truly, because they freely said the name The Honky Tonk Man a lot. And if they were trying to shy away from it, they wouldn't have said it. That's my thought as to why that's not part of it. But he's also a joke comedy character that has had it for a long time. And cheated every single time to get it. Like It wasn't like a good, legitimate run, (laughs) if you want to get down to it. But it was the longest, so that's it. And, like, records are made to be broken. It, it might take this long before the next one, and we're talking about this in 2042, about someone might finally be beating Gunter's record. Right? Like, some, oh, he passed Honky Tonk Man, now it's Gunter's 700 days. Like, that might become a thing in 40 years, so I don't know. What about you, Barry? Barry, he's one of your favorites, right? Like, we never quite got Balor versus Finn, but I kind of want Imperium and Judgment Day to square off. Like, they're both on Raw, so let's get this going, right? Yeah. Yes, I would like that. We were COVID. COVID messed up a lot of things in this country, and one of the biggest things that messed up was giving me Balor versus Gunther. I mean, I, I'm kidding. All kidding aside, COVID's not funny. But I'm just saying that was my one of my dream matches I wanted because I told everybody that Balor was going to beat Gunther and everybody was like, no, there's no way. Oh, I, I was with you on that one. I was like, if anyone's going to, he is. And he's going to go to Dublin, take over Dublin and do it, right? So. Yep. Yeah. And we were going to, oh my God, we were going to get a takeover. He in had Ireland. the promo about Jesus his passport and everything, which is ironic considering the, the last news we have. But he was like, I got my passport. Uh-huh. And they're airing that episode and we're like, he can't leave the country. <laughs> they're not doing takeover in, in Dublin. What are they talking about? So, yeah. Man, yeah. But now, but, yeah, it's a yeah, lot different, because now we got Gunter going yeah. bell to bell at the yeah. Rumble. He went in there with Cody, and wrestling has more than one royal family, adrenaline in the soul. <laughs> Gunter's amazing. Gunter's I think he's going to... Yeah, I think he's going to be, like, one of those big... It's going to... He honestly reminds you of one of those, like, early, like, 90s, like, kind of foreign heels, but, like, better. Like, well, like 10, 15, 100 times better. The guy can wrestle his ass off. He doesn't have a bad match. He can wrestle with anybody. Yep. Like, he can literally call a match with anybody and just make it work. He he could, re- honestly, he could probably wrestle Tom McGee and have a great match with him. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he just, 
I think he's going to be one of the... I want him to get the world title eventually and just dominate with it. Like, I don't know when that will happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll happen with Rollins at Mania. Maybe not. I don't know, because I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think he's going to lose that title for a while. Because I don't really know who's going to take it off of him. Well, he even said... Because you figure it's not going to be... Dude, he said a Mania this year. Yeah. I want a main event Mania next year for the world title. And they said, what about this title? Well, I don't plan to lose it. <laughs> so like, okay. You could do like a like a like a warrior like a warrior Hogan thing. Yeah. You know what I mean, you could do something like that if you want to, which would be cool. You know, I mean, give me Gunther versus Seth at Mania. Like that would be pretty dope. That sounds you good. know, I'd be all about that. Yeah. I mean, why the hell not? Hey, you know what? Or you know, maybe Priest beats Seth with that cash in, and then Balor beats Priest, and all of a sudden we get Balor versus Gunther Mania. Either way. I just, yeah, he's great. I can't say enough good things about Gunther. He's honestly in WWE. He's probably a top, top five wrestler, mm-hmm. all around. Maybe top three. He. I can only think of like a couple people that I might put above him. Well, he also legitimizes anybody he's in there with, because Chad Gable, everybody knows he's good, but he was literally doing comedy stuff. But then, like, around Mania with the suplexes with Braun and stuff, people were like, this guy is good. He's like he's like an explosive Kurt Angle, which is saying something. Yes. He's, he's so good. And to have him there with Gunther was like, really, him? He shouldn't be the next contender. And then look where we are now with, like, this is, it's epic. Like, people were buying in the fact that Chad Gable might be the one to do it. Um, yep. Jim, I'm going to go to you here as well with this. Uh, you, you can continue on here because... It's very Roman-like with a long reign, legitimizing everybody he's in there with. So, like, I just find that's a funny connection, too. But Gunter, I mean, he can really do no wrong at this point. Like, he just looks like... when Barry, when you said the 90s, you could have meant 1890s and it still would have fit. Like... <laughs> right. Facts. Yeah, I mean, I messaged you, what, 10, 15 minutes before the main event started? And I'm like, you know... Sometimes the happy story can stop a record, and I mean... Mm-hmm. Being the t- second longest of the IC title does not dis- diminish you at all. So just means it gets a rematch and takes it back and does it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean they could have done that too, and I don't think people would have been mad either. No, but they would have been mad because why'd he lose it? Well, that's why. Now he'll yeah. do it. Now he'll have the f- top two, right? He'll have the number one and the number three. Like there's there's multiple ways to go with it, but sometimes you just got to do it, right? So yeah, yeah. And the thing is, they, it took all of his finishers in the last minute. I almost bought it, even. I was yep. like, oh, that was close. Oh, that sleeper suplex. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And um, the daughter crying. The whole family was there. Jason oh, yeah. Jordan Jason Jordan produced this match. So he got to produce his good friend's match. Yep. Well, as well as being part too. of Luke supporting. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish there was a little thing with Shelton backstage, too. but well, They didn't air it, but there was a right. clip they put online. Oh, Shelton too? Yep. God, I missed both of these online when they got posted, I guess. Jesus. <laughs> too much wrestling. This but they should have heard that on TV, right? Like that. Yeah, yeah both uh, of them. That's what I, I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, it would have been great if they secretly had Alpha Academy shirts and whatever under them. They're old tag teams, both of them. Well, I mean, the escalation of things, if Imperium was involved, you get Shelton involved as well, right, to help out with Otis. You know, to oh, yeah, you could have had it where the Imperium guys take out Otis, and then who comes out? Shelton and Jason Jordan. Yeah, you could have had his two, 
it would have been a perfect thing to bounce out. It's not just Alpha Academy. It's American Alpha Academy. Triple A. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Small missed opportunity. We might get there because Gable said he's not done with him. Right? It's it's not over. So, you know yeah. what? That should be the fourth way. Yep. Yeah. Fourth time happening. It was great. Gunther's amazing. We all know it. We've all seen it. Their IC title match at Mania was one of the best matches on a very, very stacked two-night card. And it was the match of Clash of the Castle with Sheamus. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And that was definitely the match of Raw he, for the last uh, month. He beat Riddle by slapping his foot. Like, <laughs> he that, that chop when it was Imperium versus uh, Undisputed Era, where he chopped Adam, chopped Adam Cole, like, into a flip. <laughs> was it? I forget who it was. Um, it might have been Cornette who said it, or the guy he podcasts with, but someone said, everybody else, when they chop, you hear a woo. You don't hear a woo when Gunter does it. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, that's really good. <laughs> I said you hear, oh, <laughs> you don't hear woo. You hear the, oh, God. So, yeah. And again, they proved a guy that was just in the tag team title picture hasn't done much other than win a tag title in like five years. They instantly made him possible to beat a Goliath. It was a bit of a joke, even. A few weeks. He was viewed as a joke, yeah. Yeah, the so. shush. Which worked perfectly against Gunther's speeches. Shush. Like, exactly, yeah. It, this it, mat is it sacred. Was too perfect. But you're, you're comedic. <laughs> like, the, the ring is sacred. And the thing but is you're comedic. And yet, go. Chad Gable is legit. So, like, you must respect oh, yeah. me. I'm also this. So it's like, ah. Oh, yeah, and that's perfect. the best thing. Perfect. Chad Gable was one of the few guys that go, oh, you're talking about an IC champion? I was an Olympian representing my country. What are, what yeah. are you representing? Yeah, the company. Like he, he actually is one of the few guys that could really legit say, yeah. "No, you can't compare what you've done to what I did." You compete in one of the best companies, sure. I compete against the world. Now to flip this, I, yeah. How familiar are you with the honky tonk man? <laughs> uh, I know of him. I've seen a lot of things from him. How about you, From, Ray? like, uh, past things. Yeah, like, Red, are you familiar with Honky Dog Man? Way before your time? I- I've seen, like, one thing. I think it was, like, one of those A&W, or A&E, um, mm. the, the souvenirs or whatever, the gear the, where they the go jump looking around. Or something, yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing I know about him. There was, like, a few Lovers. with him and somebody else. Yeah. Bear me, he's cool, he's, he's talky, he's bad. <laughs> Isn't he the cousin of Lawler too? Yeah. Like you're the king of Lawler. Yeah. yeah. They're both Elvis like characters too. Yeah. So king, the shake, King of Memphis. Shake rattle and roll. Yeah. Yeah, shake rattle and roll. Yeah. He He was one of the most hated in the eighties. He actually said um he was like thankful he didn't get the run against Hogan because he got the main event against Macho Man with the IC title on the other part of the touring that happened. He was top of the card. He was fine. Yeah. Um but he, I, as a kid, I hated him. Hated him. The Ultimate Warrior squash, 28 Same. seconds, was the best. It was so good. Um, yeah, no, it, it's fun to see that record go. And it's funny to think of it now of uh, a recent appearance. Not Hall of Fame, but the 2001, you know, 22 years ago, Royal Rumble, where he came out and got obliterated by Kane. So good. So fun. But, uh... Let's wrap it up here with news that broke. Um, Becky Lynch isn't going to India? If I'm reading this right, she tweeted that she was supposed to go to Superstar Spectacular in India, which I think is like in, in also in two days, ironically, on the 8th. 
but as she's trying to board her flight, there's a tear in her passport, and she can't get on the plane. Oops. <laughs> like, think about that. They're, they're not letting her go through. Uh-oh. <laughs> that sucks. Um, anybody who's in international travel, make sure your passport's in good condition. Make sure it's not beat up. Make sure that you can get passport covers and stuff like that. As someone, as a Canadian who's traveled around a bit, I know this. Um, yeah, there you go. I know he, he, this is in our general chat. So again, Frontline Prediction League, you can go to our, our Discord and there's general chat in there where we're talking about it. About, because, you know, she's married to an American. Maybe there's U.S. citizenship. Depends on what the passport is. It's the country you're leaving from, the country you're going to, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, oops. <laughs> Don't know what to say about that. We got Dynamite ended also. Anything else to talk about here, guys? Or I, I just want to say at that spectac uh, spectacular yeah. spectacle, whatever it's supposed to be, yeah. they're doing Rhea and Natalia again. I really <laughs> hope they do what they did at Monday Night Raw. That was a great match. N Natalia normally doesn't put up bangers. Her and Rhea killed it. Oh, you don't night. want what they did at Saudi, right? Where she just gets beat in 30 seconds on her birthday? Yeah, yeah, don't do one You of want those. the match. Yeah, no, Natalia can go. I want the raw match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, that also means it's Judgment Day versus Into Share for the tag titles, right? Because yeah, Sammy and KO lost it. Yeah, that match got changed. Oh, that'd be a good, too. And then what, it's Cena and Rollins versus uh, Imperium, the Bartel. Yes. Bartel and Eichner, sorry. Kaiser it, and Vinci. I think it might be too late, but I wouldn't mind them adding Chad and Gunther to that, making a 3v3. Give Chad the rub with the two main stars. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be good. But I don't know. It's just for the local audience not being taped or anything, but they'll have cameras for footage and stuff, and they'll, they'll do some stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be fun. But yeah, as far as for us, we really don't have any shows for a little while now. Yeah, there's regular stuff, and Impact even has a show where Tommy Dreamer retire on Friday. Probably not, but... Bear me. Macklin versus Alexander's on Friday. It's Victory Road. It's happening. No, I know. Don't. I know. Don't get me started. It should be a bound for gold. It um, will be my, also. No, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Hopefully Macklin wins this first one. I hope if he so doesn't, too. then I don't see him. I don't see him. Win, yeah. There, there's, hopefully that happens. There's that, and then we got, what, like I said, we got October 1st is Wrestle Dream. We got September 30th. The day before is No Mercy. Freaking Becky Lynch. I mean, she's not going to India, but she's going to be facing uh, Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's title, the one she never had, next week. There's a lot. Hopefully, no other million-dollar stars get tired in the next two weeks, and we'll have uh, a shorter podcast next time. This one was a bit longer, but it makes sense, considering what's up. It makes sense. Uh, presumably, Punk's vitriolic explosions will continue, and we'll have that to talk about, and we'll see what happens there, but... We will call it there again, everybody. It is Frontline Prediction League for our Discord. I mentioned it. There is results and predictions. Cause I never said what this thing is. There's a lot of fun stuff on there with predictions for matches and shows that you can do there and see character chat and all that good stuff for our league. We put a lot into it. We're coming up on four years. It's a lot of fun. Frontline League on Twitter. Frontline Prediction League on YouTube. The Instagram is also Frontline underscore Prediction underscore League. But also Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. Top of the Card Pod on Spotify, on iTunes, on anywhere you get podcasts. Both go to our Discord and you can see the craziness that's going on in there as well. We thank you again for listening and I almost said watching, but you're not seeing this. That's the other show. We'll get back to that one in a little bit. But thanks again, everybody. Have a good night.